Hi guys. Now in today's episode, we have the lovely Rachel McDonald, who is a health and fitness coach and PT who guides women to feel strong, confident, and powerful within their own bodies by focusing on building healthy habits and strong mindsets. Rach focuses on repairing the relationship her clients have with food, exercise, and self-love so that they can level up in all areas of their life. We speak about her own journey in fitness, how to overcome gym anxiety, and how to stay consistent with your fitness and nutrition routine. We also get into what Rach recommends skipping when starting or in your fitness and nutrition journey. Now, I've been following Rach's online program for a few weeks now and couldn't recommend it enough. As you guys know, I just spoke about that in a few episodes ago that I had started that and we will talk a little bit more about it later in the episode. I think you'll really like this episode if you're someone who struggles with anxiety about going to the gym or need advice on how to stay consistent with your routine or just need that extra motivation or push to actually get started. If you could rate, review and send this episode to someone who you might think would get something out of it, it would mean the absolute world to me and I hope you enjoy it. So enjoy guys. Let's bring Rach on and get her to tell us a little bit more about her background and her journey so far. Amazing. So yeah. I'm Rach McDonald. I'm 24 and I am from regional Victoria. And funnily enough, I actually have, I live out of like three different houses, which is a bit of a weird flex, but I live, my family live in Rosedale. Yeah. So that's like a good, I'd say it's over two hours away from Melbourne, CBD. Yeah. So it's a fair while out. And so I work in a gym in Mafra. So I'm a face-to-face and online so I work at a gym in Mafra and I also work at a gym in Maui as well. And so my boyfriend lives in Maui, so I sort of go between my parents' house, my boyfriend's house, and also my brother's house, which is in Roselle as well. So pretty much have three houses. Busy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, so I work at both of the gyms. So mostly I am a face-to-face personal trainer, but I am sort of more gravitating towards online teaching and more sort of like yeah just like more women's health focusing more on just not just the training side of things but I'm really big as well on the mental side of things and the wellness side of things Um, because for me when I when I started doing personal training it was all great getting people into movement and whatnot but I found there was a big I guess gap of People not focusing enough on the mindset side, which I feel like is so important. So important. And I feel like if you don't have the both, you really, you won't get the results that you, I guess, probably want as much as you do. Yeah. And you have your own podcast too, don't you? Well, you just started it. Let's Um, Grow Baby. You want to tell us a bit about that? Yes. I've had the podcast. Sorry. It used to be called Building Boss Babes. And I think I've had that. It's, I feel Maybe we started growth of ours around a similar time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember I started mine and back then there wasn't really a lot of people that I knew that did it. It was sort of more, I guess, people with bigger platforms that sort of did more podcasts. Yeah. And I remember you started yours and I was like, oh, wow, like this is awesome. Like there's another person that lives pretty close by. I think you were in Melbourne, but you know, you were from Warrigal. I was like, yeah, so I, yeah, I was originally from Warrigal, which is close to where Rach is now. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. But yeah, now I'm in Melbourne. Doing it. So, yeah, I started it as Building Boss Babes, but I found I did it sort of in COVID where I just, I guess I couldn't really work because obviously the gyms and stuff were so affected. So 
I yeah. had so much spare time on my hands and I was like, this will be a really cool way for me to just get my message out there a bit more. At the time as well, Instagram wasn't really, it didn't allow you to have as long stories and stuff. Yeah. And so I was like, this will be great. I can start this. It'll give me something to do. And then recently, over the last, I guess, I reckon four to five months, I've just found that that name and stuff, it just doesn't really resonate with me anymore. I feel like I've just grown a lot more since then mm-hmm. when I started. And mm-hmm. I just found it really hard to think of like content and things. And I just got a bit bored with it. So I took a little bit of a gap there and just like stopped doing any episodes. And then I was like, I just think if I do a new rebrand, new name and everything, it's just going to inspire me to do it again. Let's go, baby. So it's just a bit more, I think, a bit more like exclusive instead of just having, you know, a focus on women. I feel like men as well can listen to this and get things from it as well. That's so good because even my like pitch up for my podcast, yeah, it's very girly. Yeah. And I think sometimes that probably maybe puts males off, which, yeah, I always think about as well. Yeah. I think one day I will do a little bit of a rebrand and mm. I won't have such a girly photo or yep. a lot of the time. Sometimes my content is really girly, but it's just as important to reach males as well. So Absolutely, yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. Now, back to your coaching stuff, your online coaching, how many like people do you typically work with? Yeah. So face-to-face, I would say face-to-face is a little bit difficult when I first started, I took on, and it's so common, I just took on as many clients as I could. Yeah. But face-to-face is very, it's very draining in a way just because you have to sort okay. of be like on all the time. Yeah. So you'll find you reach a capacity where it's like you really can't have too many during the day because one, you want to give them the, I guess, session that you possibly can because they're coming to see you you know, they're paying for your time basically. And if, if you're just drained and not really giving it to them, like that, it's, yeah, it's just not a good service, I guess. Yeah. You got to give a hundred percent of your energy. Yeah. yeah. At the moment, I would say I'm pretty full capacity face to face. I take on a few clients every now and again, but yeah, I'd say for me enough sessions in a day, like my max is probably eight, eight sessions. So, yeah. and then with online, so with the the glute builder I guess subscription that you're currently doing yeah that one's pretty cool because it's more so I can take on a broader amount of women it's a little bit it's not very I guess personalized it's sort of just we're in trying to you know build your glutes get you in a routine help you with some habits and that sort of thing but it's not so much I guess a specific goal if that makes sense yeah so for that one I can take on pretty much like a good amount of girls, as many as sort of I can. Yeah. But with one-on-one coaching, that's very, my max would be 10, I would say, would be enough for me to be able to just make sure I can take care of everyone. The check-ins are all good. And yeah, that sort of thing. So. Yeah. And I love the online program, guys. And it's so easy to follow. Rachel's got all the workouts there for you recorded. There's mindset stuff. And obviously we'll talk about gym anxiety in a little bit because that was one thing that was stopping me for ages trying to follow a program because I've like the past three years it's just been classes because I've never really had the confidence to go off and do it on my own. But following this online program has been so easy 
and I'm so glad that I've done it. But going back to your fitness journey, mm. like I've been following you for a while. I've watched your progress. It's incredible. You make me want to like, especially like glutes. Mm. I, for so long, I was very uneducated about that. Was just chopping and changing workouts, obviously, in that group environment, not hitting protein. We can obviously go into that. But where did your fitness journey start? Have you always been quite fit? Have you always had the routine with the gym and your mindset and following macros and stuff? Or was that kind of as you got older? Definitely as I got older. So when I grew up school and stuff like that, I did like netball. I I did dancing for a long time as well. That was sort of my main thing. Mm-hmm. So I guess in a way, dancing, it's very disciplined and whatnot. So I guess maybe those two tied into each other. But I didn't sign up to a gym, I think, until I was about 19 or 20. Yeah. So after school and whatnot. And Was that daunting for you at all to do that? Well, my God, yes. I started on just like treadmills and things like that. Yeah. I reckon for a good, probably a good year. I didn't go to the weight section at the start, like at all. So that was yeah. definitely something I had to build up. Was that something like also, because I know there's a lot of stigma around females lifting weights. I've got friends yeah. that will even try to avoid it because they don't want to look, I don't know, muscly. Yeah, but like, is that kind of, did bulk. you, yeah, did, is that why you stayed in the cardio zone or yeah, was it a yeah. bit? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I was in high school, I think like there was no one ever talked about it. All of my friends and whatnot, we were all just like trying to be the leanest we could be. You know, I remember I wanted a box gap. Do you remember the thigh gaps? (laughs) I wanted one so bad. I the most ridiculous things to try and get one. Even when we did, I remember we had a little gym set up at school, but like Mm -hmm. the girls never did any of the the weights at all it was just like jump on like the rowers or the bikes or whatever that was all it was or like yeah. running and stuff like that yeah there was no weights whatsoever even with nutrition and stuff like that that's definitely something I have sort of focused a lot more on the last three years but in a way yeah. I don't know if you know this but I'm a type one diabetic okay no yeah. I didn't know that yeah so I think from I was diagnosed when I was in year seven so 13 yeah And then from there, I had to learn a lot of discipline with eating anyways. My eating habits were like, I had to eat every two hours. I had to focus on, you know, good foods. Carbohydrates was a big thing for me at that age as well, just to make sure like I didn't have low sugar levels and things like that. Yeah. Well, I think I definitely had an idea of it from a young age, but integrating that into training and whatnot has just sort Mm -hmm. of developed over the last couple of years. Yeah. Yes. Like you said, with protein and whatnot figuring that out as well yeah my fitness journey didn't really start until I was about 19 or 20 didn't go into the weight section for a good year because as well I experienced gym anxiety a lot back then too and yeah just from there um, building it up when I started my fitness journey and when I actually did start getting into the weights I realized just how how much better and how much more empowered I felt from lifting weights and I think if you listen, to, if someone listened to this, they'll be like, oh, what's like throwing some dumbbells in the air going to do for you? <laughs> but being a female and being in an environment like a gym where there is a lot of males and a lot of like testosterone and a lot of like bigger individuals going in and just ev- even just every week improving how much you're lifting by the smallest amount, you get the yeah. biggest rush of like, oh my God, every time I'm in here, I'm getting better. You really do. 
Yeah. But with the protein stuff. Yeah. I know what you're going to say, but I just want people to hear it from you as well, because I think girls get really scared with, like, I know a lot of girls under eat, obviously, Mm. and we're not educated about obviously hitting our macros and our protein, but how important is protein, right? Can you give us a little bit of a... So it's all well and good if you go into the gym and, you know, you could be, you could be increasing your weights every week and you could be integrating progressive overload, which is that, like increasing the intensity or whatnot but if you're not fueling your body with enough protein you won't change so yeah when we're training we're doing this thing to our body and our muscles where it's pretty much damaging it which sounds like oh my god i'm damaging my body no it just means Mm -hmm. your muscles in order for them to grow they need to go through stila damage to be able to grow if that makes sense okay so if you're not giving your body protein it's not how is that expected to grow Literally. Yeah. Every like micronutrients and macronutrients are obviously so important, but if it comes to a muscle mm-hmm. building phase, protein is the one that I, with all of my clients, especially women, that's the one I want people to focus on the most because yeah, yeah, carbohydrates obviously important for fueling our body, but protein is literally mm-hmm. what's going to help with the recovery process, which is just as important as the building process. I think obviously that information, it's reaching a lot more people, but I still think a lot of females especially still don't even know that. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, a lot of, especially I guess a lot of my younger clients, they'll come in and I'll say, I'll mention the word protein and they'll just have no idea what I even mean. And to me, I just think that every single person in the world knows what protein means just because I'm surrounded by that and I, you know, talk about it so much. But I'm like, there are people out there that just have no idea about all of these things and they're so important. And hey, don't get me wrong, hitting a protein is really freaking hard. It is so hard. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the hardest things to do, especially if you're in calorie deficit or something. Hitting that Mm. is so incredibly hard. So. I can understand why people get a bit confused or they get a bit, I guess, like disheartened when they're not really hitting their protein and whatnot, but it is, it's hard. Well, back to gym anxiety. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you could maybe give us some tips on overcoming gym anxiety. I know that you said you've struggled with it. I've struggled with it. I've struggled with it for years. I've kind of found tips to overcome it and we can obviously talk about that soon, but... Yeah, what are your tips for overcoming gym anxiety and things that you recommend to your clients? Yeah, so the biggest one I think when you are feeling gym anxiety is just remember your why for your reason for being there. Because I think it's so easy to get caught up in, you know, if you're in a busy gym and all of the equipment's taken and whatnot and you're like, holy shit, what do I do when I get in here? Just remember you're in there for a reason. You're in there. I think a lot of moms and dads, maybe their their reason for going to the gym is so that they can get a bit fitter so that they can play with their kids at the playground or something like that. Or your reason yeah. is because it's for your health or your mental health. So I mm-hmm. think if you can keep in the back of your mind that the reason you're going there is for you or for your family or whatever it is, that's going to be your motivation to stay there. And to get it yeah, done. A good intention behind why you're there. Absolutely. Come up with an intention. And then yeah. when your mind starts to wander, you get overstimulated, you start freaking out. Remind yourself of that intention. Yeah. Ground yourself. Yeah. Think that, yeah, that's great. As well as that, obviously, I feel like whenever I listen to someone say this, that's like a coach or PT, it's like, oh my God, you're trying to sell what you do. But <laughs> investing in a 
in a coach or a face-to-face trainer, honestly, the value that that holds for you is an incredible thing. I think when people think of signing up to a PT, they think they have to sign up with a PT for life. But you could re- you could get so much value out of booking a month's worth of face-to-face PT sessions, just getting in and, you know, they'll teach you your form. They'll teach you how to use all of the equipment. They will teach you about training intensity. They'll do all of these things for you. I think a lot of, if a lot of people started off just getting a few face-to-face personal training sessions, they would honestly be, their results would, you know, go so much further. And even for me, I didn't ever invest in a personal trainer when I started. And I look at back at it now and I'm like, if I had done that, there probably would have been a good, I would have just gotten such better results and learned everything so much quicker. But I reckon it took me like yeah. a good two years. Yeah. Like that, everything you just said is exactly what I did. So before I started with your program, I think mm-hmm. I've been doing it for four weeks. Anyway, before I started your program, obviously mm-hmm. I'd wanted to do it for a while and my intuition was telling me to do that, but I kept making all of these excuses. I had anxiety. Yeah. I felt like even though I, knew how to use, I guess, equipments and, and weights. My form still wasn't the best that I knew that it could be. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of equipment that I knew that I was, like I'd never used before, had all of this anxiety, and I went, right. I decided to go to a new gym as well, obviously, because mm-hmm. I was doing classes. Yep. So I, I got your program, went to this gym, ended up being, okay, let's find the solution to this problem. Mm-hmm. Literally work with a PT for two weeks. She'll run you through all the exercises, mm-hmm. show you how to do it properly, show you the equipment, and then you'll be fine. And I did it, and I'm so glad I did it. It was like, obviously, on the pricier side, like I was a bit umming and ahhing about that, but so worth it. And now, oh, yeah. like, I'm in a great routine because I've done it. Like, mm-hmm. so worth it. And, yeah, I think if anyone's been thinking about getting a PT or a coach, I could not recommend it more. 100%. I think there's a lot of value as well if you do want to do like online coaching, but you never have really gotten a face-to-face trainer. I always encourage most of my online, you know, clients to do some face-to-face sessions before they just come online, because I think it's so hard to be, it's really hard to be able to show someone from like online, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think, yeah, if you want to start your fitness journey, start with some face-to-face and build your confidence up that way and then sort of go more online because I do think there is, I think you will get a lot more benefits from online coaching in the long run. But I think short term, just to get you into the gym, get you in a routine, build your confidence up, show you what to do. I think face-to-face is really great. And then other tips, train with a bestie, like train with a friend at the start. I think that's a great way to get over gym anxiety if you know you have someone there that's going to meet you there to train with you as well it's going to be so much easier 100 percent. even when I've gone with people I don't even get anxious like that thought of thinking what are you doing is just gone because you've got someone with you and you just don't feel like a freak so yeah (laughs) yeah it's funny like when you think of gym anxiety I guess when you walk in and you're by yourself you actually do it seems like every single person's eyes in the whole entire gym are on you you're just like, oh my yeah. God, all these people looking at me. Am I doing this thing wrong? Like you could be, tra- you have been training at the gym for five years yeah. and you're trying a new exercise and you're like, oh my God, I'm doing it wrong. Like all of these things. But I can guarantee you, everyone is so focused on themselves in the gym. They are not looking at you. One of my housemates, like he has been going to the gym for years. And I remember I came home one day and he was asking me about it. And I was like, it's just like 
so many males, it's so male dominated and yep. I'm, I just get scared and anxious. And he was like, Lily, I promise you everything you think that they're thinking about, they're not. They're so focused on themselves and yep. what they look like and the exercises that they're doing. They are not even thinking about you. And you have to remember and remind yourself when you do get in that headspace that everyone starts somewhere and where you are right now, whether that's your first time in, in the gym, everyone has been in that position. Like one has been a first timer and like 100%. you can only go up from where you start. Absolutely. You can never compare your chapter one to someone's chapter 10 ever. Exactly. Well, I know not everyone can do this. Obviously I am a uni student and I work really early in the morning and in the afternoon, but I've kind of figured out when the most popular time is at the gym. So I'll go at 11.30 when hardly anyone's there. And I know not everyone can do that. But if you can, it does make you feel, I don't know, I just feel like I'm on top of the world when I'm the only person in the gym. And Absolutely. You can just have fun with the crew. Like if you want to film yourself, like 100%. Yeah, I did. I filmed one of my, I was going to send it to you when I was doing my hip thrust the other day to see if my form was okay and yeah I feel myself because no one was in there yeah that's I think that's probably where it comes from a lot as well with peak hours obviously before work and after work from the nine till five they're going to be the busiest so if you can highly recommend at the start while you're building your confidence up do try and go at a time that's not going to be as busy even on the weekends yeah in the afternoon I don't know about any other gyms but my gym there's People will go early in the morning on the weekends up until like 10, but in the afternoon, no one goes. And I remember when I went to Voyage in Warrigal that those after like Saturday and Sunday afternoons, no one was there. Yeah. Yeah. And also like I know with Voyage, I know not every gym has this either, but sometimes they do have female only areas. Yes. Maybe that could be something for you guys to research if that makes you a little bit more comfortable going to a gym that is only for females or only for males or has an area where there is just the same sex there, if that does make you feel more comfortable. Yeah, I think there are a fair few gyms that are set up like that. So, yeah, that's definitely a great option. What phases would you recommend skipping in your fitness and nutrition journey, right? Love this question. Quick fixes. I think that's a big one where I always like to (laughs) I was like to say, if if something seems too good to be true, it probably is, right? So I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, eight-week challenges or 12-week challenges, but I do think they can be dangerous if they are done the wrong way. And a lot of the time, these eight-week and 12-week challenges, they're designed to get a result for like the coach or the personal trainer so that on their social media, they can show off the result. But And that's how I've been into that is the before and after photos. Oh, and I absolutely. go, great, eight weeks, I'm yeah. going to look like that, sign me up. And it doesn't happen. No. I do see progress, yeah. but I don't look like that. And then you beat yourself up. Yeah. yeah. And it also, we don't know, I think they don't describe all of the things that happen during the challenge. And we don't know if the photos from eight weeks or if they're actually from a year, because they don't like to yeah. show you those things, right? And mm-hmm. I think especially when it comes down to nutrition, that's a big thing in these challenges. They will, if like, drop your calories down to a ridiculous amount so that they mm-hmm. do get these before and after results. Because if you drop someone down to a ridiculous amount of calories in a short amount of time, yeah, they're going to lose weight, of course, if it's like weight loss. 
But then yeah. it's like, after these challenges, then what? That's the thing that you don't get taught. What do I do now? Because it's just yeah. this eight-week challenge. So quick fixes, they will work short-term for sure. You'll probably get a result. But there are so many studies and stuff. It's like the amount of people that fall back into old habits, they fall back into eat, gaining more weight after and whatnot. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you don't learn those healthy, no. realistic, maintainable habits. No. It's just I remind people even with study and stuff, like if people want to go and change their career, it can kind of be the same as this. They go, oh, well, it's going to be another three years until I get there. Yeah. It's like we're well, still going to be that age in three years. It's the same with exactly this nutrition and training stuff. Would you rather be at your goal in three years or would you rather be exactly where you started because you haven't learned how to implement those healthy habits yeah, and learn how to stay consistent? Yeah, and I think. Listen, if you've fallen into this trap before, people have. Social media is very oh, yeah. at yeah. You will get drawn in. They know what they're doing. It's like very easy to get yeah. drawn in. So yeah, there's absolutely no shame in that whatsoever. But when it comes to, that's why we say for fitness, it's a lifestyle and it's like for, it's forever really. It's not just an eight week thing. The relationship I've had with fitness has changed so much. It used to be a, almost a punishment thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I used to ro roll my eyes at people who would be like, I, I have learned while I've got goals in terms of my fitness and like in terms of my body, I also literally remind myself if I'm not feeling motivated that you are going there because of how you feel afterwards and how you're going to feel for the rest of the day. Absolutely. And yeah, it's important to understand as well with motivation because we hear that thrown around a lot. Motivation mm -hmm. will not last you forever. Especially with this weather that's already changing, you know, it's already gotten colder. I know it's, how depressing. Oh my <laughs> God, it's happened so quick too. But it's like, it's yeah, so depressing. let's think peak winter when it's like, you know, ice on the window, windows of our car and whatnot. It's going to be freezing. You are not going to get motivated. You will not be motivated to go to the gym mm -hmm. at 6 a.m. before work. I'm telling you right now. But that's why it's important to build the habits every single day so that we do build the discipline to just do it anyways. Well, that kind of ties in with my next question, but do you have any tips on how we can stay consistent with our fitness and nutrition routine? Yeah, so I'm, I think I made a reel about this on Instagram with, you know, building up habits and your daily non-negotiables. Yeah. What I personally like to do is I try and make everything as fun as I possibly can. So I love that. Yeah. So if it's like, I have to get my steps in because for... I reckon it was like for a good eight months. I was so, I ended up being so bad with my daily steps. I would just not do it. And being, I stay in a building phase a lot throughout the year and I'll do a deficit um, mm -hmm. every now and again. But so when you're in a building phase, you don't have to focus, I guess, on daily steps as much as you would, you know, eating in a deficit and trying to lose weight. Yeah. But I know for me personally, being a diabetic, it's better for me to go for a walk and it, it's better for you know just overall movement it's just it makes me feel better but that was something I slacked on for ages and so I was like how can I just make myself go for a walk every day because I'm not going to be motivated to do it so with all of my non-negotiables I just try and make them as fun as I can so when I go for a walk I'm like okay I've got a podcast to listen to if it's going to the gym I have a whole routine of pre-workout or getting a coffee putting on like a cute gym hyping myself up make in the it fun. Yeah, making it all fun. So even with journaling, like I'll get like a really cute pen and journal and 
I'll just attach something as well to it. I think this was in Atomic Habits, the book. But basically, mm-hmm. if you attach sort of a little reward to your habit, it will make it a little bit easier to integrate it. So yes, if you want to go That's for what I do with my washing. Yes. I like listen to a podcast while I do my washing. Yeah. So it's like I'm getting, yeah, you're pairing something that you don't want to do with something, something, something that you enjoy so then it makes it more enjoyable. Absolutely. And I think for habits, it only takes, a, I think it's like a month. It's like four to six weeks yeah. to yeah. make it into a habit. So if you can make it as fun as you can for that amount of time, after that, you won't, yeah, you won't have to worry about it anymore. It'll be a part of your routine for yeah. sure. Beautiful. I think just be, I guess, just take it easy on yourself and remember mm-hmm. that you don't have to go balls to wall with everything straight away. So yeah. gradually start adding things in. I like to say 1% better every day because if you can do things 1% better every day, that's just going to build up so much. Instead of trying to do all of these things and then, you know, you're failing and you're beating yourself up about it and then you're back to square one. So every day, just do small little habits. If it's you want to start reading a book, read a page a day for a week and then start building up. Yeah, I think that's one of the best tips when it comes to consistency with anything is the focusing on the 1% club, like 1% better every day. Yes. If you jump in, you haven't been to the gym before, you try going five times a week, oh. you're probably not going to stay consistent. Oh, you'll hate it. You will be so sore. Yeah. You will not want to step back into the gym ever again. Just small, really gradual little things, build it up every day. I think as well, it just, it builds your confidence knowing that you can do more. Yeah. Because it, yeah, if you become more confident, yeah, you will just, you want to keep going for sure. I actually find like with your app that you have with your online coaching and the program that I'm following, yep. just being able to tick off something, yeah. it gives me that little hit of, oh my God, you've just completed something. Here's your little dopamine. It just makes you feel so good. And every week when I hit my workouts on that app, mm-hmm. I don't know, it just makes me want to do it again the next week and stay more consistent. I'm a little slack on the mindset stuff. Yep. That's one thing that I do need to do yeah but yeah I find that really helpful I love ticking things off I'm a big to-do list girly I love it so I thought yeah I find so the app's true coach it's cool how you can Mm -hmm. sort of integrate all of those things in and I do yeah you feel like a sense of accomplishment it's like okay cool I've just ticked off everything I've needed to do today and they may be very small things but it's like you've done everything you needed to do exactly yeah yeah and that builds up on our self-love as well. If you've promised yourself something and you do it, yep. you do build up more self-love and oh, you feel absolutely. better about yourself. But if you do the opposite, that's when you're going to not feel as motivated yep. and you feel shit about yourself because you've promised that you do something and then you haven't done that. Obviously, I ask a question at the end of every episode to my guests, mm-hmm. but what is one piece of advice you wish you could give to your younger self? Yeah. I've been thinking about this when you sent me the questions. I'm like, oh my God, I love this. Yeah. I think for my younger self, I would just, I would say, give yourself time. You don't have to rush. I feel when I was young, I'm going to, I use like 16 as a good example because I feel like, I don't know, that age, it's, there's a lot going on. I was just like, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I left school. I was, you know, I don't think I'd had a boyfriend or anything at that time, even like 17, 18. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was just worried about all of these things. Like, I I feel like it's just a stereotype in society nowadays. It's like 
by the time you're 30, you have to have a house, have kids, be married to the love of your life, live your dream job, whatever it is. But it's and like, it's just oh, not what happens for oh most my people. God, it's just no, like everyone is on a different path in life. And exactly, age, it literally does not matter what age. So, yeah, I just say take time. You'll find out, like, you'll figure out what you want to do. Don't feel pressure that you have to do a, a certain job, look a certain way, or anything. I think, as well, when I was young, I, I guess during school and stuff, I had a lot of like anxiety and I was quite depressed and whatnot. And I think I've talked about this in one of my like podcast apps, but I went through like a pretty rough time, I think at like 18, 19, and I had a lot of things going on and being like, well, I was quite depressed. And I, one day I was just like, didn't really think there was like any point of me like living anymore. I was just, there's no way like my life could get better. Yeah. But so it's just like, and now look at you. Yeah, it's like, you just have to wait. I'm telling you, I would just say you, you've got so much to live for. You just have to give yourself time. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing That's that. okay. Well, where can we find you on social media, Rach? If anyone wants to reach out to you, yep. I recommend her program, guys, following her program online. It's Thanks great. You obviously do the online stuff as well. Yep. Your podcast. Where can we find you? So my podcast, Instagram is let's grow baby so that is on spotify and apple Podcasts, and then my coaching instagram is just coach underscore rach mcdonald i'll leave all of that in the show notes and obviously i'll put up some stories and tag you thank you so much for coming on and doing that with me yeah thank you so much for asking me to come on so excited